issues by the door. And today I'm joined by Amy Mokis. Amy, thanks for being on here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Absolutely. You're welcome. And I want to start off something that's, uh, it sounds like it's very uh, important to your well-being, and that is the topic of goats. Um, could you elaborate <laughs> a little bit more on your love affair of goats and uh, how that came to be and what goats do for you? That is hilarious. So, you know, honestly, I don't know. So I am a person, I love um, waking up every day with a positive quote. Um, I have positive um, quotes all over my office. I share them on social media, all of that. So um, they just make me happy. So one day, um, and I don't remember where exactly, but went somewhere and they had goats. And they were those teeny tiny little pygmy goats, and they just made me happy. Sure. So that really just started the love of goats, um, and it's taken off from there. Uh, it has been hilarious, the amount of posts that I'm tagged in on social media. I've done goat yoga quite a few times now, and it literally is all about just making me happy. They're the cutest little things. They look like little dogs, and I want them. But hey. I can't have them in my neighborhood, but they're just fun. I was about to say, Amy, I mean, you don't need any further explanation. The answer is because they make me happy, and that's all that we need to say. Yes, they're just so, cute. Well, and what came above, about that is uh, before we started recording, I just did a quick Facebook stalking and just ran through your timeline, and I just see all these goat images that you're tagged in and dedicated <laughs> to you. So, wow. Yes, it's, it's became quite the joke. Yeah, I actually said there's, there's a little bar in Memphis, Tennessee, that it's a goat bar, and you can go out. They have, like, these bucket drinks and all that, and you literally sit outside with goats. And I've told my husband for my birthday this year, we are going there. So <laughs> that that's the plan. Incredible. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah. And haven't you done a goat yoga? Yes. Done that a few times. We even, um, I organized one with Southside Mybor. So we did a goat yoga day with Southside Mybor and had a bunch of our members come out and we all did it together and it was just hilarious and fun. The little things just run everywhere and they jump on your back and then you can cuddle them and hold them and it's just super cute and fun. <laughs> and we did do yoga too. <laughs> this is lifting my mood just talking about it. Right? Goats just it. make you happy. I love it. <laughs> the big ones are a little scary, but the little ones are fun. Sure, sure, sure. So uh, you talked about Southside Mybor, which you were, you were the former chair. You, you led that division for a few years. And now you've ascended to you're the president of the Realtor Foundation. And before I get into that, how long have you been in the industry, Amy? So I started in 2008. So great time to get in, let me tell you. But, um, right. but yeah, that's yeah. when I started. You know, that's funny because uh, the very first episode I talked to John Stone and that was the same year that he got in. Were, were you guys, did yes. you guys know each other? Or yeah, we do. So mine, yeah, mine and John's MyBoard numbers are one apart. Wow. How about that? Yeah. I noticed that one day when he had came to a Southside event and I was signing him in, I was just like, oh my goodness, <laughs> we are like one apart. Yeah. So yeah, we started at the exact same time. Who's, who's the elder? Who has the, the lower number? I can't remember. Okay. Yeah, I just remember it was one apart. But, yeah, we'll have to do some research on that. I'm not sure. <laughs> so 2008, so you've been, into, been in it for about 12 years now. And uh, so you're mm -hmm. just the president of the Realtor Foundation. Not only are you involved with the Realtor Foundation, you, you, are, the, you are the leader of the um, Realtor Foundation. So can you talk a little bit about what the Realtor Foundation is and, and your history what, with your, your personal interest in it and 
and how you got involved. Yes. So the foundation, we basically support um, organizations that transition the homeless into safe and secure housing. So it pretty much mirrors off of what we all do for a living. You know, we all help people buy houses. We help people sell houses. So that, it really goes hand in hand with what the foundation does. It's really helping those less fortunate, less fortunate than us, people that are experiencing homelessness. You know, honestly, it keeps my heart full, and I'll probably say that a few times while I'm talking about it. And it is just to bring awareness within our real estate community that there are these organizations out there that we need to support. I was a 2012 real, real graduate and was lucky enough to be part of that program alongside um, the Super Bowl Legacy Project. Oh, right. And that was also, yeah, so that was also when my board was having their centennial campaign. It was a really awesome year to be um, part of the real program, learning all about MyBoard because we got to also be involved with the mayor and we got to hear about the Super Bowl and we got to be in some of that planning and all of that that went together. So a huge benefit on the other side of that was we also got to be part of the legacy project that was going on on the Near East side of Indianapolis. That was a program that MyBoR had worked, we did um, about a half a million dollars to renovate, I think it's about 32 homes. That was to help families that were at a risk for homelessness, or they were homeless and they were moving into apartments and then into secure housing, or into actual housing in the area. Molly Hahn was actually the director of the foundation then. Her and I had became really good friends through all of that since I was at MyBoR all of the time um, with being in the real program as well. But we started collecting items to help these people that we were putting into those houses. We started collecting the furniture and the household items and all of that. And um, different companies were doing it. I was with Century 21 at the time. We did it. We collected it for our office. The real class did it. Tons of different real estate companies were all working together to get all of these items. So as these houses were complete, the people weren't moving into an empty house. Sure. They were actually having, you know, all of the furniture and cleaning supplies, all of that to go in. I became so passionate about it that Molly started to call me. I remember my board had a, um, a storage, like a pod outside that everything was being stored in. And she would call me and say, Amy, I have another delivery to make. You want to go with me? And I would be like, yes. And I would run down to my board and her and I would load up both of our cars. We both had SUVs and we would go to the house and we would go deliver it. And it just kept my heart full. Sure. It was an amazing thing to be part of think within that, it just really stirred up a passion in me, which I already had it for working with homeless, or with um, people experiencing homeless previously, but it really just ignited that passion even more. So then it was just me constantly trying to do things, um, you know, different little things, not necessarily with the foundation, but um, working, you know, collecting items for gleaners and delivering and working there and things like that. But then the opportunity just presented itself to me to um, become a board member. Of course, I jumped at that opportunity. Absolutely, I'm you know, 100% on board to do that. And then someone had approached me, actually Nancy Muchmore, and said, have you ever thought about you know, being an officer? And no. <laughs> and she had nominated me to be president, and that's kind of how that all happened for me to be president of the foundation. So two things that I took away from that is, one, I love that, that parallel that you said at the very beginning, 
helping Hoosiers get into homes and how you're basically doing that on two different avenues. One is a realtor, and then the other is working with the Realtor Foundation that combats homelessness and helps get Hoosiers in safe and secure housing. I love that. I, I guess I've never – of course, I've, I've always known about the correlation, but that's such a clean way of, of describing it. I love that. And then the second thing is this is going on during the, the 2020 COVID situation. So what's the Realtor Foundation been up to during the, the pandemic? Um, so it's been pretty difficult. A lot of our grantees have had to cancel their events that they had planned, which are huge fundraisers for them. So we actually did an emergency grant for three of the organizations that we support just to be able to help them out, um, help them get through the times. But I mean, it's been pretty difficult. We've had to cancel events, as everyone knows. We're just figuring out a new way of doing everything, kind of how everyone else is in this business, just navigating it a new way, and it's yeah. working. And so, uh, one, and, and this this will have passed by this time as episode published, but a big initiative that you're leading right now is the Lift Others Up program. Can you talk about that? Yes. So, Lift Others Up, we just mm-hmm. thought it was such a great way, with everything that we're doing right now, what a great way to reach out to people. You know, going with the hashtag, the whole event about lift other lift others up. It's just what we all need to be doing right now, right. and it's perfect. So we're actually going to have a day where it's all going to be about raising money for all of our organizations. We have grantees coming in to speak, and just really all about giving back in what we do, and hopefully give everyone a really good grasp on how important the foundation is and the work that we do. And another thing that I want to make sure that that's made clear is that. Basically, all of MyBoard's really big tentpole events, uh, you know, the, the golf outing, the ball, usually a summer event, that is just a, a fun event for a greater cause. I mean, you go golfing, you have a great time, you get to see all these people, all these, especially for me in my position. You know, I travel around central Indiana, but it's only really the golf outing and the ball where I get to see everybody, all my favorite people in one place, and that's usually the golf outing and the ball. And that's all in the name of the Realtor Foundation. That's all a big fundraiser for the Realtor Foundation. So just by attending this event, you're you're helping with everything that you're saying right now. Yes, absolutely. Um, It's just a way to give back all of the auction items for all of those events. Yeah, it's all about giving back to the foundation. So our goal has been over the past few years to raise $200,000 to be able to support the various organizations. So for the past two years that I've been part of the foundation, we've been able to accomplish that. And, um, you know, we're not sure exactly what this year is going to bring, you know, having to cancel some events and all of that. But we're pretty optimistic that we're still going to be able to do that. We're still going to be able to successfully help the organizations we've been working with. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break so that we can hear from the MyBoard updates. Hello, everyone. This is Jamie Barb with your MyBoard update. Beginning July 1st, MyBoard will begin enforcement of the Clear Cooperation Policy. The intent of the Clear Cooperation Policy is to solidify the primary purpose of a listing service, which is to foster cooperation among brokers. This policy only impacts those listings where the seller has required that the listing broker withhold the property from the BLC. Please visit myboard.com slash clear cooperation to familiarize yourself with this important policy if you have not already done so. Enforcement of clear cooperation includes fines for showing a temporary off-market listing and for not submitting an office exclusive listing to the BLC within one business day of marketing the property to the public. Full details can be found in the MyBoard BLC policy manual at myboard.com slash BLC governance. Last month, MyBoard released the Return to Building Plan. Through these extraordinary times, MyBoard has placed priority on two things, the health and well-being of our staff and members, while also ensuring that service was uninterrupted. 
As we move into this new normal, those priorities will remain highest. MIBO will continue to make informed decisions based on the latest research-based facts and guided by our mission and values. Indicated in the plan, the MIBOR building will remain closed to members through July 12th. However, curbside pickup is available on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Please call ahead for this option. Beginning July 13th, the building will be open Tuesday through Thursday. Open Monday for appointments only and closed on Friday for a deep cleaning. Curbside pickup will remain an option Monday through Thursday. Please call ahead for this option. For more on our plan, visit mybar.com coronavirus. With more now known about COVID-19 and the real estate market beginning to find its way forward, the MyBoard VLC Board of Directors has reinstated the showing rule effective July 1st, which will once again require an active listing to be available for showing within seven days of the listing date. Remember, once the rule is reinstated, if the available for showing field is set to no, the listing will not be syndicated to property search websites or IDX websites. If your seller needs more than seven days to prepare the property, use the temporary off-market status during which no showings are allowed by anyone, including the listing agent. If you did not register for the billing payment plan, please remember that your MyBoard dues are due in full by July 31st. For more information on dues, please visit myboard.com slash dues and fees. And that's all today for your MyBoard update. Now back to our interview. Okay, so let's, let's talk about you as a realtor then. So you've been in it for about 12 years. Run mm-hmm. through it. Have you, have, have you were, when you were 18 years old and you have to make that decision <laughs> of what you're going to do for the rest of your life, were you thinking getting involved with real estate or was that always your plan? Uh, how'd you become a realtor? What's your story there? Oh, it's just a crazy story. So um, I grew up on the east side of Indianapolis, went to Warren Central. I was all set, ready to go to Indiana State and actually found out I was pregnant. So um, I was one of those really young 18-year-olds that, you know, had to make a decision. Was it college? Am I going to, you know, be a mom? So I decided to be a mom. Just, just, and, I, I don't um, mean to interrupt you, Amy, but just out of curiosity, what, what, did, what did you plan to be your major at ISU? Um, psychology. Okay. All right. I just want to see just uh, what, what is, you know, what are you organically thinking as an 18-year-old that made you successful as a realtor? So psychology, which is not a surprise because there's a whole lot of psychology <laughs> in our industry. But sorry, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. So... No, that's fine. So it was either psychology or teaching. That was, they were kind of big things, but psychology was what I had signed up for. That's what I was going for. So I just switched, went to IUPUI, and then didn't end up finishing that, and then um, actually got married and went back, then decided I was going to go into nursing because I wanted to go back to school. Started back to school going in for nursing and then found that I was pregnant with my daughter. So um, can't really dissect brains and kidneys and all that when you're uh, you know, getting sick every night with your morning sickness that mine happened to be at night. So took a break from that, stayed at home for a little bit, and then decided, okay, I'm finally doing this. I'm going back to school and found that I was pregnant with my son. We actually decided we didn't want any more kids, so I just wasn't going to go back to school. <laughs> yeah. That was kind of uh, <laughs> where that was in that. I'm choosing a pattern here, Amy. <laughs> I know. Isn't this crazy? So, yeah. But, I mean, it's, you know, funny story. My husband and I joke about it. But um, I actually ended up working at um, a preschool that my kids were going to, um, ended up as a preschool assistant and moved into teaching for a while. While I was there, those shows on HGTV, I became obsessed with all of them. So Property Virgins was the biggest one that I loved. And it was all about first-time home buyers, 
buying, looking at these three houses, and of course it's beautiful, you know, they find one out of these three and it's the greatest thing in the world. I was one of those agents that got into the business based off of what I saw on HGTV. And like I said, started in 2008, so I found out really quickly that HGTV was a lie, and it is sure. not anything like that. Yeah. Um, it was a world of short sales and um, people losing their houses. It was crazy. Yeah, I mean, I started out, my manager at the time was amazing, and then he quit, and he went to another company. It was at a time, you know, 2008 into nine. I didn't have anyone, any leadership in my office. I had people from the other side of town, north side, but in my south side office, I didn't have that leadership in there. So it was really me going around and searching the internet and trying to go around and ask every agent I could, you know, how do I do a short sale? What do I do? How do I do this? How do I do this? And it was really a struggle for me. Actually, every new agent that had started with me ended up quitting. Um, that was in at my office at that time. I I think looking back, that was when my passion to be a manager was really born into that um, because I never wanted anyone to have to go through what I went through and sure. trying, you know, to scrape and try to find answers and things like that. Yeah. You know, and then we got a new manager in. Um, I think I had been there about a year, maybe just a little bit less when she came in and she was great. And she had asked, I had talked to her multiple times and she kept saying, you know, I see you have leadership qualities. I think you can do this. And I would, I just didn't believe in myself, um, you know, in the leadership side of it, just because I was still so young in the business and just wasn't really sure. Um, I was still learning it myself. Yeah. Fast forward and here I am now managing about 50 agents in my office. I'm, I'm getting so much from your character on, on your story here because I, I've known you for a few years, uh, working with you as a, as a division leader, and I'm just seeing so many things that have manifested through your life experience that kind of describes who you are today. You mm -hmm. know, being a Southside Division Chair, which is a volunteer position, and it really is fueled right. by a passion for fellowship, for your industry, for your community, and everything you're telling is like putting puzzle pieces on the puzzle for me. Like, it's all making sense. Mm -hmm. Like, it, And also, that you, I mean, it sounds like you've come to expect the unexpected in life, and that's, that's life. Oh, like, absolutely. That's how it works. <laughs> like, everybody has a plan until life happens, and, that, and yet you're no exception, obviously. So, I mean, and I can't help it, I, and I, like, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I can't help it assume that you're, you're going to do the same thing as the president of the Realtor Foundation. We had our 2020 mapped out, a global pandemic occurred. The unexpected has happened, but you're, you're one of overcoming the odds. You're one of, of making it happen. So this is going to be no exception, just like it was when you were 18 years old, just like it was when your second child came along, just like it was when you joined the industry in 2008. This is no exception. Right. That's, that's, <laughs> so, wow. Sorry yeah. this is a grand statement, <laughs> but that's like what I'm absorbing right now, and I'm writing these, these notes down. <laughs> So let's go into during that 2008, or, or I, and, I, and I hate to just reference that year, but during those early stages of your career when you said uh, your, your manager quit, your, your peers were dropping out, what, what, what motivated you? What kept you from dropping out yourself? What was, what was keeping you on the track? I love the people. Yeah. I met the most amazing people that were my clients that became my friends. It was just amazing. I mean, it, it was truly a passion of helping people. And it really, a huge passion of mine was first time home buyers. 
because I would get a lot of the people, you know, they didn't have a whole lot to spend. Maybe they were under 100000 or something, and they would call me, and they would say, you know, you're the third realtor that we've called, and I just can't find anybody to help me. Can you help? And I'm, absolutely. And I would jump out the door, and I would go help them, and they would buy a, a house. And then, you know, four years later, I was helping them buy their move-up house and selling that one. It was just a passion, but it was because of the people. And it was because I was helping them accomplish something that they couldn't do without me. I loved it. It just, it gave me purpose. It, it, and it was just a passion. I just loved it. So you have the passion, but passion doesn't pay the bills, right? Right. What, give, give me your first big break time that you closed on a home and you're driving back from the closing and saying to yourself, you know what? I think I can do this. I think I can make a career out of this. Oh my gosh. That's a tough question. Maybe it doesn't have to be a moment, but just a, an overarching tent pole in your, in your life where you, you, you have that, that moment of clarity where you realize, you know what, I, maybe I'll be doing this in, in 12 years from now. Maybe I'll be managing 30 people like you mentioned before. When, when you had that, that wave of confidence, you know, where passion met talent met success. It was probably when I started getting referrals from my past clients. So not necessarily a closing table that I was walking away from, but it was just a past client trusting in me enough loving so much the job that I did for them that they wanted to refer me to someone that they knew. That was really awesome to have that happen. And then obviously to get those to the closing tables even better. Outside of that, I think maybe Dean Hicks, who is the owner of my office now, sure, he had sent me a letter in the mail um, because I had always thought of myself at some point in my career managing I just knew that that was something I was going to be passionate about, I wanted to do. And he had sent me a letter in the mail back in December of 2016. So December 2016, yes. Dean Hicks sent me a letter in the mail and said, I've heard great things about you in the industry. I'm looking for a sales manager. I'd love to meet. Would you be interested? And... I didn't know anything about Dean, really. I mean, I had, you know, not heard anything negative, and that was good. But we met, we met multiple times, actually, um, before I actually accepted the position. And I think that at that moment, that was probably when it all hit me, that this 100% is my career. I love this. I'm going to do this forever. And that's, that's, and that's also a, a moment that you have realizing that your, your hard work has paid off and that you're getting new opportunities because you've, you've earned them. You've worked hard to get that opportunity. I think so, yeah, absolutely. So when you first started uh, in, in the industry, and, you, and like you said, you might have gotten those, those uh, clients under 100000 budget in, in helping people, and I love that. I think that listen to podcasts, you can read publications, and, and it can make Real estate seems so complex, but I love just that it, it really comes down to just helping people. And if you have that mm-hmm. natural inclination to want to help people and you ride that, then, then the rest can kind of fall into place. Uh, but when you, first had, when you were first kind of getting your foot in, did you do any marketing? How were how you getting your name out there? Facebook. And that was when Facebook wasn't cool for, you know, people who weren't in college to be on. That was when it had first started when other people were getting on it. But yeah, I mean, Facebook. And it was so much of my high school friends and family that would message me and say, oh my goodness, you know, I'm looking, you're in the business, I want to use you. So, I mean, Facebook, it was huge. I mean, huge for me when I first started. And then I remembered I was always posting, showing houses today. Oh, 
have two closings today. And that was pretty much all I was posting because I had pretty much gotten Facebook for marketing for my real estate business. That was it. And someone said, is that all you do is work? You don't ever post anything else. And then that was my point where I said, oh, well, maybe I need to post a little bit more about my family and things like that. So that was when I added my own, you know, I started adding more personal things and all of that. So yeah, it doesn't work if you just use it for business. You have to put some of your personal life in there as well so people know that you're human. So, and I, and I feel like your story is, is a, a marriage between wanting to help others but also having that entrepreneurial, that managerial kind of desire. So was there any times, looking back now, now that you're, you're well-established as your career as a realtor, is there times in your past where you kind of saw inklings of that? Maybe when you were... 16 and you got your first job that that's kind of a, a natural leadership role that you took or a leadership role that you wanted or when you looked up to, to people that you admired that's what you admired about them that they were a great leader that they seemed to have that selfless value to want to help others yeah definitely I think um, all different people along the way I mean teachers that I had um, the ones that had that just encouraging spirit of wanting to help others those were the ones that I seemed more drawn to, I think, along the way. Um, I don't know if there's anyone particular that stands out well other than, and I'm going to try to say this without crying, um, my dad. Sure. Who, which, who I just lost um, last month. But, man, just the things. Um, he was a manager at Freightliner, actually, so... Um, you know, he had that whole leader spirit about him, and he was all about giving back to people. He was compassionate. He was just um, had a lot of those same qualities, I think, that I have. So, um, and my mom's pretty amazing as well, and my best friend, and I just love her to death too. But I mean, you know, I think I've just learned so much just about helping others from him because that was just what he was about. Well, and I, I can't help, and I, and I know that. It's obviously painful to, to lose someone you care about, but I can't help but think that he would be proud that you're carrying that, that legacy of, of selflessness and caring for others on such a big scale because the Realtor Foundation is just such a big organization with such a big reach, and the fact that you're the president of this organization and dedicated to yeah. eight years of your time and energy and intellect towards this, this organization that helps so many people. Can, and just to give listeners an idea, you, you said $200,000, which $200,000 helps so many people in all counties in central Indiana, not just Marion County. Any, right. can, is there a, a, a recent story that you could share that really kind of inspired you and really kind of, uh, you know, made you double down on your values that, that you, made you take pride in the position you hold with the Realtor Foundation? Oh, my goodness. There's so many. Yeah, I remember. You know, I, I, I'm sorry, sorry to interject, but I remember I attended okay. the uh, – the Realtor Foundation breakfast that was held recently when they had testimonies come up, and it is, it's, it's overwhelming to, to hear these stories. Uh, and I'm over, I mean, here, I'm over here, like, making sure yeah. I'm having a coffee and, like, getting choked up over <laughs> back there. Uh, but go ahead. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, that's okay. So, um, I mean, there, there are so many um, that really just pull at your heartstrings. But I'd have to say what the poor house is doing and Andrea Dominguez, she is out on the street of downtown Indy every day. 
the riots and things that have been going on. She's trying to pull the homeless people out from these dangerous situations that they're in because it's just happening all around them. Yeah. I think most recently that, I mean, she told a story that, you know, she had to throw a bunch of people in her van and they had to take off just to get out of the way because, you know, some bad things were happening around them. There are things like that. There are um, stories about little kids wouldn't have been able to eat if it weren't for the funds provided. And oh, there's just so many. Oh, another one recently, and I'm with the stay-at-home order. The kids now aren't going to school, and the parents aren't going to work. So now instead of them just providing breakfast and dinner to these people, now they're providing three meals a day along with snacks. They're funding, you know, they needed more funds for that. So it, there's just so many stories across the board. I think when you hear that the average age of a homeless person is seven in central Indiana, that is gut-wrenching to me. Yeah, that's it's just awful. I can't even imagine a little second grader being homeless. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they're living on the streets. It just means maybe they're couch surfing. They don't yeah. have a permanent place to stay. So they're just going from place to place to place, and they just don't have anywhere to call home. Man, it's just an awful situation for a lot of these people. A lot of things that we all take for granted because we're so blessed in our lives. So tell me about what, what business is like for Amy Mocus in 2020. So are you still shamelessly posting on Facebook uh, all of your activities, or, or how are you marketing <laughs> No, I'm actually, um, so I am you, um, you mostly... You never mentioned in 2012 that uh, posting pictures of goats was part of your business plan, but apparently that was a big secret to your success. <laughs> it was a huge secret, that and Pizza King. <laughs> Basically, I have really went down in my production, so my main goal is to help other agents in my office be successful. I work with past clients and family members, you know, things like that, but I'm not actively out marketing myself anymore because my main goal is to help grow the agents that are here. Sure. So yeah, that's a lot of what I do. I work with them. I am, heck, right before this call, I was helping an agent write an offer frantically that already had three offers on it. Um, that's, you know, most of what I'm doing. I'm just helping new agents. Um, again, that's obviously a huge passion of mine just because of what I had went through back when I was a new agent. I love, love, love seeing them become successful. I scream and jump for joy for them when they have their first closings, probably more than they do. It sure. makes me so happy. What, what advice would you have? If, if some, they're not in your office, but if an agent is listening to this and, and has that sense of, you know, kind of feeling like they're on their own and, and don't have someone to answer the questions, what, what advice would you give that agent? Reach out. There are tons of people in this industry. They don't necessarily have to be at the same company as you. Um, there are tons of people in this industry that want to see the professionalism keep going up and not down. There are people that want to help. That If you don't have it at your office, just reach out to other successful agents. Even if you find someone that's not interested in helping you, you're eventually going to find somebody. And then the other biggest thing I would say is, and it was told to me when I first got my license, one of the most important things that you can do in this business is see the people and to keep a positive mindset no matter what. Every single day, keep it positive because this business will beat you up. It will chew you up and spit you out. It is a very tough business. And there's a reason why most agents that start in this business end up leaving within the first two years. It is tough. It is not an easy business. So um, I think just keeping those things in mind, just staying positive, never stop learning. All of these webinars everybody's offering right now, Zoom calls, jump on them. You can never learn too much. And also, uh, now that you seem like you, you found your place, like you said earlier, that this is, 
you know, this is where you see your plan being a manager and, and encouraging those and, and all that positive, wonderful, and ideas of collaboration and support and all those great things. How do you define your success now? I just have an attitude of abundance. I don't know if that's necessarily a way to define my success because I maybe don't see that I'm not successful, but I just love what I do. And I feel like the more people I can help, the better. Just It's all about having that positive culture and just helping people. It's just me giving back. I just, um, there's so many things that are constantly bringing people down, especially right now. I love being that kind of cheerleader for everybody. No, well, I was in high school. Why not now? <laughs> absolutely. No, and, and, and I'm telling you, I, I just, I love it because, well, we may not be able to define success right now, Amy, but I do think that it's pretty clear that you're successful when you're enjoying a drink in Memphis, Tennessee with your husband while in <laughs> the company of goats. And if you follow me on Facebook, you'll see all about it. <laughs> <laughs> you'll see her exciting journey of drinking with goats with Amy and Corey. I know. It's it's so funny. This whole goat oh. thing, it's pretty funny. All right, Amy. Well, thanks for being a guest. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I truly do appreciate it. 